before Todd's going to come up, um, there's just a couple of things we want you to be aware of as a part of our chapel family, just some opportunities for you to maybe take a next step no matter where you are in your journey. And the first one is for all the couples who may have children who never get out on a date night. Anybody can identify with that? I know I, my wife can um, a lot of times because we don't find good babysitters at times. It's hard to find people that you can trust. And so we actually want to give you a special opportunity. And I love that our marriage ministry is putting this on, actually. So this um, Friday, December 10th, um, what we're going to do is instead of having our typical marriage night here, um, we want you to go out on a date night. And so all you got to do is uh, text the word love to the number on the screen. You can register your child. And um, we have a team of volunteers that are going to be back there um, taking care of them for, for between, well, th um, 6 and 9 o'clock that day. And you can go out and have a date night, have fun, uh, maybe get some Christmas shopping in if, you're, if you want to do that. And just spend time together because we all know, especially with family and activities and Christmas planning all around us, it's hard to find sometimes that connection time. And so uh, take advantage of that. Again, December 10th, all you got to do is register, text the word love um, sometime this week. And we want to make sure just we have enough um, helpers to help with your children. So let us know that they're coming. And then we are charging $10 for the night. And then all that's got to do is go right back into our marriage ministry for us for a great conference we've got coming up next week and some other amazing plans that they have planned. So make sure you have that. All that information is in your worship programs as well that you received on your way in for you to take advantage of. The next opportunity is for all of our high schoolers. Or maybe you know a high schooler uh, that maybe have never been to our last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday is our high school event where all three campuses, high schoolers, meet here together. Um, and tonight from 6.30 to 8, uh, to 8.30, they're going to have a Friendsgiving. Um, just bring something to share. No need to register. Um, send your high schooler. Just a great time of fellowship. There's going to be some message and just a great time for them to get together. So this Friday, just um, send your high schooler. If you are one, we'd love for you to be part of and just to celebrate Friendsgiving together. And then the last one I have for you is for all of you, and you may have already seen it, but uh, Christmas is coming in just a few weeks, which just absolutely blows my mind, but I guess we already have snow outside, so shouldn't be surprising to any of us, but it is coming. And so here are Christmas Eve service times, uh, especially as you talk to family, as you're trying to make plans. Um, also consider maybe coming to one of the outer services uh, just because it gets really crowded and some of those core services, so just make sure that you plan ahead and know when they are. Again, all of that information is in your worship program. Um, for you to plan ahead. But now I love that my friend Todd's going to come up and he's going to share a message. So let me just say a word of prayer on his behalf. Dear God, thank you for, once again, um, just for this opportunity to listen to you and to your word and what you want to unravel for us this morning. God, we're all on a different steps in our journey with you. And God, I just want to ask that you would just put your finger on my life this morning. Let me be, have open ears, open hearts, open mind to what you're calling me to do. And God, use this Todd as an incredible message and a, a path and a tool for you to get that message across to us. God, help us to have open ears, open hearts, and open minds, and let's do it all for you and your glory. Amen. Thanks so much, Mark. And hey, let me just say uh, belated happy Thanksgiving to all of you and to friends that might be joining us online as well, and, uh, and an upcoming Merry Christmas. This weekend, we launch into... A brand new message series that we've entitled Unwrapping Christmas. Now, I don't know how many of you uh, are guessers. You know, you like to shake the box. My, my father-in-law was one of those guys that on Christmas Eve or on Christmas morning, whenever we were opening presents, man, he had to have, I mean, he just could not help himself but to shake the box. And sometimes you're like, 
Papa, there's something in there breakable. Like, be careful, right? And, and, and he just loved to shake it and, and to guess. And oftentimes, he was, he was pretty right. Uh, and, and we miss that this time of the year. We miss those celebrations and getting to, to watch him make that big guess. But at the end of the day, as good of a guesser as you might be about what's in the gift, you can't know for certain what it is until you've opened it. That's why we've called this series Unwrapping Christmas. You see, I think there's some things that we, we've tied to the Christmas season. Traditions, beautiful, wonderful things. But I wonder, do we know why we do those things? Think about Christmas, all the things. I mean, family gatherings, of course, that's big. Um, Christmas lights, of course, that's important and big and beautiful, right? And all the food, the gatherings, the the music of Christmas, which we just sung some of. In addition to all that, though, what about the gifts, right? The gifts. But the question is, why? Why do we share gifts at Christmas? Well, because it's Christmas, right? I mean, that's what you do. But why? Well, because it's nice to receive gifts, and it's nice to, to give gifts, okay? That, that's true, but, but why? Why? Why are gifts and gift giving such a part of Christmas? And that's what we want to talk about this weekend. Why gifts? Now, there's a famous, probably the most famous verse in all the Bible, John 3.16. In fact, it's cool. We've got some kids in the room this weekend, and kids, the, John 3.16 is the memory verse for chapel kids during the month of December. So if you didn't know that, hey, you've got the heads up now. Start memorizing it. I'm going to help you learn it today, and then next week you can come back, get with your small group leader, and be like, hey, I got that verse. Let me share it with you. Probably one of the most well-known verses in all the Bible. We see it on tattoos, on t-shirts. We see it on signage at big games like, well, the game yesterday. And, it, man, Ohio needed some Jesus. Uh, let's just take a moment of silence right now. <laughs> but it's a verse that, that so many people know and reference and perhaps could quote. And it's in this verse that I think we discover the secret of why Christmas, especially why gifts. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave. There it is. God gave. That very first Christmas, you see, all the traditions that we carry, whether we realize what they really mean or not, they hold their meaning and purpose in that first original Christmas when God gave the greatest gift. It says he gave his one and only son so that whoever, this is as a gift for everybody, <laughs> so that whoever believes in him, accepts that gift, would not perish, wouldn't be separated from God for eternity, the God that loves them, and instead would have eternal life, a life that is, begins here and now with new purpose, new vigor, a fullness of life, and a life that goes into eternity in the very presence of God himself. 
Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we give gifts? Dare I say, on December 25th, that morning, you would not wake up and share gifts and receive gifts if it were not for God's first gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus. Now, the truth of the matter is, just because a gift is given or offered doesn't always mean that it is accepted or received, right? Think about David shared earlier from from John chapter 1. And look at what it says. He, speaking of Jesus, he, Jesus, came to his own people and even they rejected him. John was writing and he was reminding his readers that Jesus was born into a Jewish family and he came to be the Messiah, the expected Savior that the Jewish people were waiting for. And yet, when Jesus came onto the scene, when Jesus was born at Christmas, even after Jesus gives his life away and rises from the dead and fulfills umpteen prophecies, some still rejected Jesus. Maybe they weren't ready to believe. Maybe they had a different kind of Messiah or Savior in mind. Maybe maybe they just were skeptical or weren't certain that Jesus really was the one who he said he was. But for whatever reason, some did not accept the first gift of Christmas. It was rejected. And the same thing happens in our lives. Probably at some point in your life, there was some gift that was offered to you that you were hesitant, at least, to receive. Or maybe even you turned it down, you turned away. There's reasons why people sometimes reject a gift. For instance, maybe it's because you just don't want to accept something from that person, right? Like, oh, well, that's a nice gift, but I'm not taking anything from him or from her. Sometimes our rejection of a gift doesn't have to do with the gift. It has to do with our relationship or lack of relationship or maybe some hurt from the person giving the gift. And you think about our own spiritual journeys. That translates. Sometimes people are unwilling to accept Jesus because of the God that gave his son. That seems ironic, like what a gift. And yet many, probably many of us in this room, there have been times, moments in our lives where we've been disappointed by God. And so for some people, they've had that happen and they're just, resistant to any gift from this God that is uh, so supposed to be in control of all these things and yet letting so many hard things happen in our lives. There's other reasons why people reject gifts because maybe you feel like the gift is just too much or too generous. You're like, whoa, 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 no way. I could never do that. I could never accept that. It just seems to be too kind, too over the top. Or maybe for some, it's because you feel like there could be strings attached, right? Man, if, if I accept this gift, what's this going to mean? You know, what's my boss going to expect of me next just because I took the bonus? And, or what's that person going to expect of me now that I've received this gift and accepted their generosity? Are they just going to expect something in return? And you think about that. It causes people to sometimes reject a physical gift, but Translate that to our spiritual journey, too. How many of us, how many people do you know are stiff-arming God, are, are, 
are rejecting the gift of Jesus because deep down inside they're wondering, well, what's that going to mean? I mean, what strings might be attached? If I accept God's love and the gift of His Son, Jesus, well, am I going to have to change some things about my life? Am I going to have to give up some things that I really enjoy? What strings might be attached? And that's a valid question. Amazing thing, though, about the God that I read in the Bible is that the gift of His Son was for whoever, whenever, however. And there's no strings attached, but what what I've discovered in my life is that once I received the gift of Christ, it started to change my attitudes. It started to change some of my desires. And I started to realize that the giver was so much more trustworthy than I realized. In fact, that, that he had things in plan for my life and he has things in store for your life that until we cut the strings and say, Jesus, whatever, we'll never discover the life that he's really created for us. But sometimes that keeps people from receiving the greatest gift ever. Well, there's another reason, and I think it's kind of a combination of all of these reasons together. Why someone might not accept a gift, why they might reject a gift from someone else because of pride. Either, either it says, you know, hey, I'm, I don't need that gift, I'm just fine without that, or it can also be flipped. Think about our spiritual journey. Sometimes people are pushing God away. My, my step-grandpa was that way. He was struggling with cancer. And year after year, I would try to talk to him about Jesus. And he'd say, Todd, I'm just fine. I'll just do my best. And what Gene didn't understand is that our best will never be good enough. He, he was just too prideful to accept God's love and forgiveness, the greatest gift of Christmas. Sometimes we, we, we reject a gift because of pride, because we just don't think we need it. Sometimes there's another kind of pride, a pride that says, you know what, I could never deserve it. I've done so many wrong things. I've done so many, I've thought so many evil thoughts. I'm too far gone. And even though I realize God gave his one and only son to die on a cross to offer me forgiveness, I don't deserve it. But you know what? That too is a type of pride. A pride that might say, hey, I'm just good enough on my own, or a pride that says, I'll never be good enough to receive God's gift. Either way, it's pride. You know, I think about a time in my life, Lisa and I, we, had, we moved here in 2005, and we had come from a kind of a tough situation, and uh, somehow someone from our church, they found out that uh, we were wrestling with some credit card debt. And some of that credit card debt, it was, it was kind of out of our control. Some circumstances that had occurred, and, and we just didn't have the money. And so we put it on plastic. And this, this kind, generous couple, they found out about it, and they said, Todd, we want to help. 
And man, I, I was wrestling with that. See, some of that credit card debt, it, it was stuff that was out of our control, but there was some of that that it was our own fault. Some of it was our own poor decisions. And I thought to myself, these people are so kind and generous, but I'm not going to take advantage of that. And listen, I, we, we got ourselves into this, so we need to get ourselves out of it. They extended the greatest kind. In fact, I remember one time he, he texted me. He said, Todd, please, we want to help. Just send me, send me a copy of your monthly statement. We want to take care of this. I couldn't do it. I was embarrassed. I didn't want somebody else to know how much we owed. And we rejected the gift. Months later, found out that that hurt that couple so badly because they longed to help. Now we were left working harder and trying to pay off debt, and they were robbed of giving out of love. It was their heart. And I wonder how many people are journeying through life, and yeah, we'll buy and we'll share gifts on Christmas, but they're missing out on the greatest gift ever given. Because in some way, shape, or form, pride or embarrassment is getting in the way. But remember our verse, we know it, but do we know it? God so loved the world. That includes you. That includes me. That includes people that are in debt. That includes people that are addicted. That includes people that don't have their act together. And God, out of love, gave. And what did he give? The greatest gift, not something that he caught a deal on Black Friday. A hand-picked, most pricely gift. The gift of his one and only son. I think about how our friends were almost offended because we wouldn't accept their gift. And man, then I think, how does God feel when he's, he's offered his own child to be crucified on a cross to pay for my sins and yours? And sometimes we say, no, I'm good. I don't need that. Or we think, oh, I'm not good enough. I could never deserve that. How it must hurt the heart of God. So just because a gift is offered doesn't mean it's always received. But I love the second half of, first, of, of John chapter 1, verse 11, and then verse 12. It starts, he came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But, this is a big but in the Bible. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. It says not everyone will receive this incredible gift that was given at that very first Christmas. But anyone that does, anyone that does believe and accept 
him, except Jesus. All that he was, all that he said, all that he did on our behalf. For every person that puts their faith and trust in Jesus and says, I'm turning away from, yes, I'm not good enough and I'll never be good enough. I need Jesus as my sacrifice, as my offering that gave himself for me a perfect gift on my behalf. Every person that puts their faith and hope in Jesus, it says, will become part of the family of God. We'll have a whole new status before God. We'll have a whole new family to be a part of, the family of God. I wonder, do we really get John 3.16? In a crowd like this, there's probably those of us here that maybe we've been coming to church for a lot of years. Maybe we've been very religious. Maybe we've tried to be really good. Maybe we've tried to you know, prove ourselves or earn our way. And yet that very thing may be a pride that's keeping us from really understanding God's grace and the greatest gift ever given. Or some of us think we're good enough. And Jesus is saying, I came at Christmas for you, for whosoever would believe. I just want to take a moment and pray. Lord, thank you that you love us like this. No one else has ever loved me like you did, God. And I can think back to that moment when I first realized what a gift you had sent in your son, Jesus Christ. That it was for me because I needed forgiveness and hope. God, I pray for anyone here today or that's watching online that's never realized the greatest gift of Christmas. And that this season, that they would open up their lives to you and say, Jesus, I believe, I accept, I receive you this Christmas. I turn my life over to you. I confess my sins and shortcomings. And I put all of my hope and faith in you. Thank you for coming for me at Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, part of Christmas time is gifts. And certainly it's always great to be on the receiving end of gifts. But the other part of Christmas is giving gifts. If somebody doesn't give gifts, nobody can ever receive gifts. But why do we give gifts? And why do we give gifts to other people? I think it has its roots in that very first Christmas. When you turn to the Gospel of Matthew, we learn about these wise men. And we'll discover why they were so wise. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And it says they entered the house, in verse 11, and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. 
and they bowed down and they worshipped him. This says something about the wisdom of these wise men, probably astrologers, philosophers, perhaps theologians, probably well-educated. And here they come, but what do they come to do? They come to worship, to pay homage to this newborn king of the Jews. They didn't reject the gift of Christmas, but they accepted the gift. And look at their response in verse 11. It says, And then they opened up their treasure chests and they gave him gifts, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. We'll get to the gifts in a minute, but what stands out to me first in this verse is when it says, And they opened their treasure chests. It was personal, it was their treasure. And yet they said, I want to do something with my treasure because God has given such a great gift to us. You see, when we, when we receive an incredible gift, it causes a, a gratitude and a, and a generosity to well up inside of us that wants to repay, that wants to do something in return. And I think that's what was happening in the hearts of the wise men. This is what made them wise, their, their desire to worship and their heart to give back. And what did they give back? It says they gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, most of us wouldn't mind a little gold in the stocking, right? But what if you opened the stocking, or what if you opened up a box only to find a, a jar of myrrh? <laughs> like, what's that all about? And yet there was some deep meaning to these gifts given by the wise men. The Biblical Archaeological Society says, these valuable items were standard gifts to honor a king or a deity. See, these wise men, they were recognizing Jesus, this baby that was born for who he really was, a king, deity, God in the flesh. It says, to honor a king or deity in the ancient world, gold as a precious metal, frankincense as a perfume or incense, and myrrh as anointing oil. They go on to say, in addition to the honor and status that was implied by the value of these gifts of the Magi, scholars think that these three were chosen for their special spiritual symbolism about Jesus himself. Gold, representing his kingship. Frankincense, a symbol of his priestly role. And myrrh, a prefiguring of his death and embalming. You see, these gifts were significant. And these wise men, it says, they took out of their own treasure and they gave it to Jesus. One Bible scholar says, in fact, you could argue that through their gift giving, the Magi preached the gospel in a tangible way. The gospel is just the good news about Jesus. It says whether they fully knew it or not, their gifts told the story of how God himself, who came down from heaven as our king, represented by the gold, to fulfill his priestly role, represented by frankincense, and eventually to die for our sins, represented by the myrrh. You see, these gifts given by these wise men represented so much more. They almost predicted the future of who Jesus was and what he would do, and what he would accomplish. 
This is the first gift of Christmas. It's why we give gifts. It's why we receive gifts. And man, our chapel family, you have been incredibly generous. Many of you have been touched by God's generosity. And so you said, I want to do something to give back. Every year we challenge our chapel family to, to put together an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. And last week we collected and from, our, from our campuses 1,268 boxes were given. That's awesome. I'm going to clap for you, okay? <laughs> that means that 1,268 more children in impoverished places, perhaps where they wouldn't receive anything on Christmas, will not just get a tangible physical gift, some toys, some crafts, but they'll also hear about the good news of Jesus, the gospel, where gifts began in the first place. And many of you, you you've, you've taken home one of our chapel Christmas giving catalogs, another way to get involved, because God's Word says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and you've realized that. And there's still time. You can still get some of those gifts. Or if you didn't get a catalog and you want one, you can stop at the, the Welcome Center and we're glad to give you one of those. Time's not up. It's just a way to give back. Why? Because when you receive a gift that's so good, so generous, so incredible, it causes you want to give back. That's what Christmas is all about. So as we close our service today, I want, I want to give us a couple next steps. We're all about helping people move one step closer. What might be a next step in your journey or my journey? Well, for some of us in the room or watching online, maybe it's a very first step of receiving Jesus. And we ought to ask ourselves, have I truly received Jesus? Or in some way, is my own pride getting in the way of truly experiencing God's love and grace? And your first step is to put pride aside and to say, Jesus, I do need you. Forgive me for rejecting you so long. For some of us in the room, we've given our lives to Christ and we've been journeying with Jesus for many, many years. And for you, I want to issue a challenge just to take some extra time over this next week and these weeks leading up to Christmas to to dive deeper into that first Christmas story, to reflect upon who Jesus is and why he is coming. And maybe, maybe you're already doing some sort of devotional. Maybe you're on a Bible app and you're, using a, you're doing a, 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 an Advent reading series. And if that's you, that is awesome. Take that daily chair time to, to reflect and to refuel, to recenter on the greatest gift. But if you don't have something that you're using, and you want to get our Beyond the Weekend, which is just a twice-a-week little devotion that we write uh, as a pastoral team, and it's just always reflective of whatever that weekend's message is on. Uh, you, can, you can receive that easily by email, by just texting us, and we'd love to get that into your hands. The point is this. There's so much tradition surrounding Christmas, and it's beautiful. It's wonderful. The music the cards, the gifts, the food, the family. But do we really understand 
why. Why Christmas? Well, now we understand why gifts. Because God so loved the world that he gave. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving. Help us first to receive, to accept, to believe. And God, then help our lives to be marked by this generosity. We love because you first loved us. Only in that order, Lord. So help each one here today, each one watching online, to know how deeply loved they are by you. Loved so much that it would motivate you to give, not just any gift, but your one and only son. And God, help us to turn our gratitude back to you and live grateful lives, giving to you and sharing with others. For this is what Christmas is really all about. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next weekend.